It's a, it's a real pleasure to be up here to, tonight and uh, to be speaking to you by the grace of God. Um, tonight we're going to talk about a little bit of a different topic. Um, we're going to break off from our series uh, just for a week and we're going to talk about what are some of the ways that we can learn to trust Jesus? Um, is he who he says he is? And what does that mean for us? And before we get into that, let's just bow our heads and commit this time to, to the Lord. Father God, um, I just want to thank you that um, you've given us this space, Lord, to um, come and, and hear from your word, um, Lord. Father, tonight I pray that uh, you speak through me, Lord, um, that it would, they would be your words and not mine, Father, and um, everything would be according um, to your word. Um, I just pray that you give us the um, focus, Lord, to, to listen. Um, give us an open heart and open mind um, to what you want to say to us. In your wonderful name, amen. amen. So what is, I want to open with this question, like what is trust? Like, what, what does it mean to trust someone or something? Can anyone tell me? Trust is mm. when you can, like I look at sheds, I say, uh, take my phone, keep it for me, I'm going to go play Core Australia, mm. I keep it, and when I come back, you can give it back, and awesome. that's trust. Okay. So you're trusting that he's not going to go and sell it on eBay, you trust, trust that he's actually going to give it back to you. you know someone will betray you. Okay, awesome. Do you have something? Faith. Great answer. Um, as always, I like to see what... Um, the dictionary has for these things and they define trust as firm belief in the reliability truth or ability of someone or something okay so then what makes someone worthy of our trust so we're, we're talking about Jesus tonight and what is it that makes Jesus worthy of our trust or someone worthy of our trust and when I thought about that um, the first thing that comes to mind is they do what they say. They say, imagine you have a friend and they tell you, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a lift next week to this party. Um, so just be ready at 6.30, I'll come, swing by, pick you up. Um, and surely enough, the time comes, 6.30, you hear the beep outside and they're, they're ready to take you, right? And then... Throughout the year, you're, you have other events and they, they offer to, to take you each time. And each time, they're there, they're there, they're there. You, by the end of a year, you can reliably say that I trust my friend to come and pick me up when he says he will, he or she. Um, someone that is trustworthy is someone who does what they say. Um, another thing that came to mind was that they have a proven history of keeping their promises. They don't break their promises. When they make a promise with you, they actually keep it. So, in the, in the Bible and throughout history, many people have claimed to be Jesus or to be great and do great things. But each of them has fallen away. Um, each time someone has risen up and led a great army or... Um, a great movement 
um, that's not in his name, that's not of, of the Bible, or it's something that's the, of, of their own accord. It's always been smashed to the, smashed to the ground. Um, and so we look at our first verse t for tonight, and it's in Matthew 24, verse 5. says for many will come in my name claiming I am the I am the Messiah and will deceive many so this is our first warning um, from the Bible that you know these are God's words he says there, there will be people that come and, and claim to be the way the truth and the life and they, they will deceive many people many people will believe um, also in Matthew 7 Verse 15 to 16. Another warning. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. And it says, by, by their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So what that's trying to tell us is that, you know, th there are going to be people that appear on the outside, that, you know, they have your best interest at heart and they're teaching you the truth. But really, they're wicked, they're, they're twisted, and their ways don't align with God's. And you will recognize them by their fruit, their, their teaching, what they do, what they say. Um, are they righteous and faithful before God? Or are they trying to lead you astray? I was talking earlier about um, you know, people that um, kind of stood up and tried to lead something um, not, of the, not of God's will. And we read about this in Acts 5, verse 29. And Peter and other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than human beings. To God of our ancestors, the God of our ancestors, raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him, to his own right hand as prince and saviour, that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were furious and wanted to put them to death. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, who was honoured by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put outside for a little while. Then he addressed the Sanhedrin, men of Israel, Consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, Theodos appeared, claiming to be somebody. And about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed. All his followers were dispersed, and it all came to nothing. So see here, we see here the first example of someone who, like I said, um, he was claiming to be somebody. And 400 men followed him. So he had followers as well. He was killed. All his followers were dispersed and it all came to nothing. After him, Judas, the Galilean, appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed and all his followers were scattered. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave, this me leave these men alone. Let them go. 
For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fall. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. And so we see that when God puts something to work, it will always succeed. Um, and that's, that's how we can test. We can test the spirit. Um, and we know, is this really from God? Or is this someone trying to stand up and claim that they are somebody? that they are the Messiah. His speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and had them flogged. They ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Um, and it says, day after day in the temple courts from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. They didn't care. They didn't care what was going to happen to them, whether they were going to be put in prison or killed. Um, they knew that they had to obey their, their Father who is in heaven because that's what's, that was what is most important. Um, our next passage is from 1 John 4, from verse 1. And it says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world. And the world listens to them. We are from God and whoever knows God listens to us. But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. So again, do not believe every spirit. Um, test. Test the spirit. Know, have with, with the knowledge that you've, you've gained through reading the Bible and studying the word. Test every word that comes out of anyone's mouth. There are, there are already many false prophets in this world and it's very easy to kind of follow the, the teaching of the world without realizing um, that you're being drawn, drawn into it. Um, the, the series we're going through now, we're talking about, you know, what's God's view? What's the world's view? What's the world's view of courage? What's the world's view of um, wisdom or... Um, influence but how does God see it what, what is what is true we'll go to John chapter 8 42 Jesus said to them if God were your father you would love me he's speaking to um, the Pharisees for I came from God and I am here I came not of my own accord but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell you, you do not believe me. 
Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. And yeah, this, this passage, it just goes to show, um, you know, the, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, um, they didn't recognize the Savior who was in front of him. They, didn't, they knew the scriptures. They had memorized the scriptures. And yet, when he was there with them in the flesh, they didn't recognize who he was. And they were still awaiting. And to this day, um, many people are still waiting for Jesus to come. Or they didn't recognize him when he came um, 2,000 years ago. So tonight... I want to kind of talk about, okay, so we've talked about some of the warnings um, that, that are in the Bible about, you know, false prophets and, um, you know, testing the spirit, others that have come in Jesus' name or claiming to be Jesus. So let's, let's look at what the scriptures have to say about who Jesus is. And um, we're going to talk, there are so many prophecies in the Bible that Jesus fulfilled. Um, so, a prophecy was made, and then it was fulfilled. A promise was made, and it was fulfilled. And that's how we can trust. We talked about trust at the start. Um, how can we trust someone? And it's because they do what they say. So when we see that in the Bible, it was written, it was prophesied that Jesus would do this or, or, or do that, and we see those things fulfilled, well then surely we, we can trust who he is and what he says. Um, we won't have time to go through 300 plus prophecies tonight, but I've picked out a couple that um, I hope will kind of shape your understanding um, on this topic. So the first one is his birthplace. Where, where was Jesus born? And we look at the prophecy in Micah 5 verse 2. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, are only a small village in Judah, yet a ruler of Israel will come from you, one whose origins are from the distant past. And we can see that fulfilled in Luke chapter 2, uh, 1 to 7. And I'll read it for you. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should, take, should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And so here we see that the prophecy that was made in the Old Testament about Jesus being born in Bethlehem actually came true and he was born in Bethlehem. What's the next one? That he would be born of a virgin. Where is that found? In Isaiah 7.14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son 
and we'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And this was fulfilled in Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 to 23. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. All right, it's two from two. We're looking good so far. Um, our next prophecy is about Jesus' ministry and where he would begin his ministry. And that's found in Isaiah chapter 9, 1 to 2. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. So what's this verse saying? It's saying that the people of Galilee, of the nations, have seen a great light. Who is that great light? It's Jesus. And this prophecy was fulfilled in Matthew 4, from verse 12. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee, leaving Nazareth. He went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, as was mentioned um, in Isaiah, to fulfill what, he, what was said through the prophet Isaiah. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of Deatha, light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Um, so, yeah, we can already start, we're starting to see where he's born. When we look at, if you look at your birth certificate, I hope it says, I hope it tells you where you were born. Um, that's usually how, or one of the ways we can confirm your identity. Um, and so, yeah, we know, okay, the Savior that was promised was born in Bethlehem. It w was he born of a virgin? Yeah, that was fulfilled. His ministry, where did it start? It started in Galilee. So, what's the next one? That he would be rejected. It was prophesied that he would be rejected by his own people. And this is in Isaiah 53, 1 to 3. And it says, who has, believed, who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. And this is speaking of Jesus. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. He was just a regular dude. He didn't have any kind of features that would draw you to him above any other 
human being. But it says this. He was, in verse 3, he was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like, like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him in low, low esteem. Um, and this prophecy was fulfilled in John chapter 1, 10. It says, he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came um, to the Israelites and to the Gentiles, and they, they couldn't recognize who he was, although they had the scriptures. They had these prophecies um, basically memorized when they were younger. And, yeah, they, they couldn't recognize the Messiah. He was in the world, and through the world was made through him. The world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, his own people. But his own did not receive him. And then also in John 12, 37. It says, Even after Jesus had performed so many signs in their presence, they still would not believe in him. And this was to fulfill the words of Isaiah the prophet, Lord, who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? All right, so we're four prophecies in and we have 100% record still. Um, the next one I want to talk about is in Zechariah 11, verse 12. And that is that the Messiah would be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. And it says this, I told them, if you think it is best, give me my pay, but if not, keep it. So they paid me 30 pieces of silver. And the Lord said to, said to me, throw it to the potter, the handsome price at which they valued me. So I took the 30 pieces of silver and threw them to the potter at the house of the Lord. And this was fulfilled in Matthew 26, 14 to 16. Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and asked, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? So they counted out for him thirty pieces of silver. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. And also in Matthew 27, verse 3, it's, um, it tells us kind of what Judas did later. Um, so when Judas, who had betrayed him, this is after he betrayed Jesus, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. I have sinned, he said, for I have betrayed innocent blood. What is that to us? They replied. That's your responsibility. And so yet again, we see that through scripture um, and, and the prophecies that were made about Jesus' life, about his death and his resurrection so far, all be, have all been fulfilled. Um, just as we were saying earlier, how can we trust someone? They do what they say. And Jesus truly, truly did what he said. If we can look at our next 
Next prophecy, and that's from Zechariah 9, verse 9. He will enter Jerusalem triumphantly, riding on a donkey. It says, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey, or a baby donkey. And this was fulfilled in a bunch of different, um, of a few of the Gospels, but we'll look at Matthew 21, verse 8. It says this, A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Well, um, and we'll also go to Isaiah 53, verse 5. Another thing that was prophesied about Jesus was that he'll die on a cross and provide atonement for our sins um, so that we may be re reconciled with God. So where was that prophesied? In Isaiah 53. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted. Yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And in, in those couple of verses, actually, I'm just realizing now that even more prophecies were fulfilled. When he was before Pilate, um, he, he was silent. Um, when he was led like a lamb to the slaughter, carrying the cross um, where he was to where he was crucified. Verse 7. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the, s the slaughter. And as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living, the transgression of my people he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth, yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer, and through the Lord, and, and though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be justified. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgress transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. And if we can go to Matthew 27, from verse 27, we see what this prophecy is speaking about. 
Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and then twisted it together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand. Then they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews, they said. They spit on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. These are just a few of the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled during his life, death and resurrection. Um, I, I just wanted to pick you know, a couple that I could share with you tonight. But maybe after, if, if you want, or at any, at any time, you want to speak to me about some of the other prophecies that were made and then fulfilled, um, please do. Um, and so what does this mean for us? Well, let's look at John 14.6 because we've just gone through a whole list of prophecies and their fulfillment in the, in the scriptures. So we can say with confidence that Jesus came according to the scriptures. And because we can trust that he came and he did those things and those events took place, we can also trust what he says um, and what he says about himself. So in John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And we can have, we have great joy um, knowing that we are able to reach the Father through the Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, John 5, 24. What does it mean for us? that Jesus is trustworthy and we can actually put our faith in him. Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged but has crossed over from death to life. And a verse that we all know and love, John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And so tonight, I hope that through hearing and, and kind of learning about some of the things that were prophesied about Jesus and his life, and realizing that, hey, these things actually came true. I, I can trust this man. Um, I hope through that, that that you can and through these verses as well um, understand what it means for you and your life and, and the confidence that you can have um, in Jesus uh, because in the world today you can't really have much confidence in, in man can we? We, can, we see that time and time again even the people that are in positions of power um, that we look up to even um, they fall and they sin they they are sinners just like us. Um, and so yeah, Jesus, trustworthy guy. And if, if you're in a place right now 
in your life where you don't know who to trust. Maybe someone's wronged you. Maybe you put your faith in something that broke apart. Um, well, tonight is just a reminder to put your faith in someone who will never let you down, uh, who will never break a promise with you, um, who loves you, who cares about you, who wants to be in a relationship with you, um, who wants you to do good works um, through him. Um, all, all he wants is for us to be willing. Yeah. Let's pray.